Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves, hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. I would like to begin by paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am coming to you from today. Land where at Brainwaves we tell our stories, and land where the traditional custodians have told their stories for many, many years before us, and continue to tell their stories. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners who are listening today. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM on your dial, app or live stream. My name is Lick Manning and I'm your host. Brainwaves is a mental health-focused show with a lived experience lens, and my guest today is Jasper Peach. Jasper is a trans, non-binary and disabled writer, speaker and parent. They are passionate about equitable access and inclusion, focused around the dismantling of misplaced shame via storytelling. Their written work has been published in The Age, Higher Up, The Big Issue, Archer, The Guardian, Veranda, Australian Poetry Journal and SBS Online, just to name a few. With a background in Auslan interpreting, broadcasting and civil celebrancy, writing has continued their personal trend of being all about communication and community. In their first book, You'll Be a Wonderful Parent, was published in March 2023 by Hardy Grant and is a celebration of rainbow families of all kinds. So without further ado, Jasper, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Flick. Absolute pleasure. Uh, Jasper, you have birthed this absolutely glorious book, as I mentioned, just called You'll Be a Wonderful Parent, and in it you provide a practical and emotional guide for LGBTQIA plus families on the arrival of a child. Can you tell us a bit more about the book and why you decided to write it? Mm. Um, thank you for that question. I guess the reason why, I'll start from the end. The reason why is it's the book that I needed that wasn't there. It's the book that so many people needed that wasn't there. And I know that it's doing its job because not a day goes by that I don't have incredible beautiful vulnerability in my DMs saying, I'm so relieved to have this book, to see myself reflected here. Um, what it is, it, look, a lot of people have been calling it the friendly banana because it's bright yellow, you can hold it in your hand, um, and I wanted it to be extremely accessible. I know when I look at big, dense chunks of text, I my eyes glaze over and I start thinking about I don't know, elevator music or tomatoes or dogs or, you know, my mind goes elsewhere. So um, the number of books that I brought into the house when uh, we were trying to have a family and then once the babies were on the way um, but never read could crush me to death. So I wanted it to be something that you could flick through and it's 
It's juicy, but it's also accessible. Um, it's not a how-to. It's not a medical textbook. It's more like a friend having a chat with you and telling you, you've got this, you're going to be okay. There's other people who've done what you're doing and you're going to be great. And such an important message really to share that that level of representation. I know even from my own circle of friends, I've got people who are in a similar boat in Rainbow families who are at the very beginning of their journey, just starting with pregnancy or trying to get pregnant, things like that. And I know for them, it's been so wonderful as I've been sort of powering the link through to your book through to so many people to say, look, there is this perfect book Mm -hmm. here, this representation, and it's bringing them such comfort to know that somebody else has been through it. And there is such an accessible book for them to grab onto. So kudos to you for doing that. It's a wonderful thing. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now, Jasper, history does show us that many people that exist and live under the rainbow flag have been poorly treated and, let's be honest, frankly, outright discriminated against. And there is so much more scrutiny for those people in the community who are also those that parent too. How has this affected the way you approach parenting your own children? Mm. Um, I think when when you're down the street with your kids um, and you are clearly a rainbow family, you feel a bit more visible. So um, I guess like I, if my kid is about to run onto the road... I'm my first thought is how do I keep them safe? But my second thought is, oh, if I yell, someone will look at me and think badly of my entire community. So it's kind of a big thing to have on your shoulders. Um, I know the same can be said of any parent. Like, I'm, all parents feel like they're being watched and that their parenting style outside of their homes. Um, is judged because I know that happens to a lot to to a lot of people. Like not a not a single parent I know has gone without scrutiny when leaving their front door. But the difference is that um, cisgender heterosexual families um, they are the norm, and there is strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. There's strength in representation. So. There's, I guess, an extra layer of vulnerability that goes with being both a member of a marginalised minority and visibly um, living your life. It's it's that one of those things where the personal is the political. Our families are politicised and it's really sad that that happens. Um, all families deserve to be celebrated, really, but I think especially the ones that that managed to make it through um, such a tough set of circumstances. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, and that must be challenging in so many ways. But, you know, normal is only normal because it's been reinforced enough, right? So the representation of your book, for example, is a really good way and a conduit to start changing what is considered to be normal in society. So that's great. <laughs> I am... Um, I had a book launch a couple of weeks ago in, um, and um, a friend was in the audience and was a little bit cheeky and watched um, the person in front of them texting and sort of happened to see what they'd said. Um, and they said, they came up to me later and they said, oh my gosh, I just saw someone text, um, send a text saying, I wish you could be here. This is the queer family that you deserve this space right here. You know, so 
Beautiful. Yeah, being in those spaces where you're not the minority and you can let your guard down, it's incredible. It's really, it's bolstering. It fills your cup. Yeah, absolutely. How wonderful, how energising to be in a space with people that are like-minded. That's great. Now, um, trans and non-binary humans have really been thrown under the bus. Now, this isn't new. This is something that's been happening probably since the dawn of time, frankly. But in the past year, we've certainly witnessed a disturbing uptick in violence and certainly online aggression towards people in those communities. And you are part of that community. So I can only begin to imagine how hard that has been in, in so many different layers and so many different ways. Has this motivated you to get your book out at this particular time in the world or has it just been this perfect sort of storm of universal alignment? I could not believe the timing. <laughs> I just, I could not believe the timing of particularly those awful um, hate rallies in Nam that were going on that happened around, like in the week where I released my book, where it was published that was you know that's the publisher's choice when they publish a book um and in the lead up I was you know doing lots of media and interviews and stuff and then all this all this awful um stuff was happening um I guess I guess globally but particularly around it's the most tender thing I can imagine bringing new life into the world or trying to bring new life into the world and um when I think back to that time, I felt like I had no skin for the longest time and um, had no protection from the outside world and had to keep safe and, and just surround myself with um, like-minded and safe people. Um, and that was the time of the Marriage Quality Postal Survey. So that was a whole, that was a whole other thing um, that was going on. Um, but when the book came out, it was... It was frankly quite bananas. Like I, I felt, ah, uh, I felt really grateful to have a platform at that time, so that any other trans and gender diverse people who were reading or listening or viewing what was being put out about this book um, could feel that solidarity and could feel that safety in numbers and I guess the reassurance that who they are is is truly beautiful. Um, I was booked also that week to chair a conversation at my local theatre after a screening of the Georgie Stone documentary um, that was run by Transcend Australia. And it turned into a community care, like town hall meeting. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Everyone in my regional town, not everyone, but, but it was a full house on a Wednesday night in my regional town. Um, both the downstairs and the upstairs of the local theatre were packed full of people and there were the most courageous, beautiful parents of trans and gender diverse teenagers who were at the beginning of their journey saying, how do I keep my baby safe in in a world where this is happening? You know? Um, so the fact that we could gather, that we could watch that, beautiful film about such a self-assured and accomplished woman um, and that we could talk about how to care for each other and how to how to advocate for 
how anyone, you don't have to be a leader, you don't have to be a manager, you don't have to have money, you don't. There are so many ways that we can stand up for people in our community who need our help. And at the moment, that's trans and gender diverse people. Yeah, absolutely. And such powerful statements that you've made there, Jasper, as well. And so moving. I hope that everyone listening is really taking the opportunity, especially if they are not directly a part of that community, to try and put themselves in those shoes and really understand that we're just talking about human beings trying to live their life equally um, and with that same level of respect and value and identity. So thank you for sharing your words. Very, very powerful. If you're just tuning in, this is Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM on your dial. My name is Flick Manning and today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Jasper Peach, a trans non-binary and disabled writer, speaker and parent. Jasper, it's not uncommon for writers to go through some extensive mental health challenges in the process of getting their book written. I can certainly say I did that with my my own. There was many tears shed and much processing to be done. And then, of course, even the process of launching the book is a whole other part of of that journey as well. It can be emotionally taxing and certainly sometimes a triggering experience. What did that look like for you in the writing of this book? Oh, gosh, I ended up in hospital with double pneumonia because I, um, you know, when you are a disabled person and you've got all sorts of, I don't know, spicy stuff that goes on in your body and you often feel like garbage, I know that you and I, we're, we're picking up that what I'm putting down um when something else comes along you just think oh do I want to go to a medical facility or do I just want to wait it out at home on my couch I think I'll wait it out because oh look it can't get any worse but unfortunately I was so um I was I was I guess what I know now as hyperfixation I was deep in um the book trying to get it completed by the due date which I didn't know. No one ever gets their book in by the due date. <laughs> but I'm such a little nerd. I was like, I've got to get it done. Um, and I made myself so sick because I ignored um, all these physical symptoms. I couldn't breathe. I ended up being put in hospital for, I don't know, was it eight or nine days? Came home, had a psychosis situation. It was just a hot mess. Um, and it took a long time to recover. So that was about a year ago. And I really learned from that process um, to actually tune into my body and my mind as well. Um, I recently got a diagnosis of complex PTSD. And so I really need to pay attention to what's happening in my mind and because I can get quite sick if I ignore it. It'll just escalate and get worse and worse and worse. So even though my list is long, even though there are lots of things I need to get done, even though there are deadlines, um, I've learned to go to bed <laughs> and probably watch Hamilton for the eight millionth time and cuddle with my dog and probably have a carbohydrates-based fluffy kind of comfort food. So that is my prescription. Um, in terms of when the book came out, I had ne- I had never experienced this before. So I've done a lot of um, public-facing roles. I've been a marriage celebrant. I've been a broadcaster. I've done all sorts of things. And 
I thought, oh, this will be a breeze. I'm just launching a book. It's fine. (laughs) But when it's such a personal topic and when there isn't a book like this for the community that you're talking about, oh, the pressure I put on myself was, I could have made it a diamond, you know, with that pressure. I really... Yeah, so but but the good thing about this time is that I wasn't alone because um, a friend of mine, Roz Bellamy, who's the editor-in-chief of Archer Magazine, had established a WhatsApp group for Debut Authors 2023. And so every day there's we chatter about what's happening, how's your launch planning going, how you're feeling, and, and we're lucky enough to have a couple of psychologists in the group as well, um, Chris Cheers and Ahona Guha. And um, they've both got fabulous books out, by the way. And we talk about, whoa, I feel like I'm losing my mind and like I can't sit still, but I actually also can't move. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, I have that in the lead up to my book coming out. So, so these, I guess, the symptoms of letting a book that you've just toiled away at home in your weird little writing goblin cave out into the world where other people can see it it's it's like nothing else and the emotional fallout is really bizarre to me but I'm so I've been paying pretty close attention and observing what's been going on um so hopefully for the next one um I don't know I'll have some dinners in the freezer and I won't worry so much about the laundry (laughs) yeah Oh my gosh, I recognize myself in so much of what we've said there from my own experience as well. Yeah, it's um, it's quite the unraveling and then sort of trying mm. to put it all back together. The growth that you go through, I think, from a mental health perspective is quite large when it comes to launching a oh. book. It's very personal. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the one of the weirdest things that happened, so it came out 8th of March and on the 7th, I'd booked myself in to get my hair cut and coloured and I hadn't splurged on that in such a long time because of the cosy lives and then I just thought I just want to really feel like myself when this book comes out because I'm doing lots of press and I love pink and I hate orange and something went wrong and I walked out looking like an orange highlighter and and I just had to say to myself okay this is not an emergency this is fine um, and I I just didn't have the time in my schedule to stay back so the person could fix it. And it was just a whoopsie. Like, it's not a big deal. But I felt like it was the end of the world. And it was <laughs> – and that's not my usual kind of reaction. So I guess I was kind of aware that everything was magnified. Yeah. Particularly if you're walking around looking like a highlighter. That felt like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great description. I think everyone's just visualising – you know, a, a highlighter with legs now. So that's yeah, like, yeah, that's I can, I, yep. fully understand. I completely <laughs> get that. Um, now, just changing the note ever so slightly away from the book and more, you know, towards that experience of, of fitting on that, you know, the gender spectrum and, and things of that nature. Because I know this is something that I think is probably really relevant and important to talk about, particularly at this time with a, such a magnifying glass over the top of your community, really. Um, in what ways do you think mental health for trans and non-binary people is being sort of challenged right now? If you can take us through what that journey in your head is like on a day-to-day. And what can we as allies in the community do better to support and understand people that are trans and non-binary? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think 
we're no different to anyone else in that the resources for mental health care are just not there. They're not. There's not enough help for the people who need it. Um, and when you add the layer of gender um, in a world that is very heteronormative um, and no matter what you're doing, whether you're buying yogurt at the shops or whether you're swinging from a chandelier and everything in between, you are the odd one out. Um, it's very, it can be very isolating and it can lead to a lot of self-doubt. Um, but when someone, when you meet someone and they introduce themselves using their pronouns, that makes it safe for you to do the same. Um, when someone can show you, you're okay with me, like you can actually just be who you are. Um, and the person doesn't have to worry about disclosing and the reaction that they might need to manage or explanations or facial expressions or whatever it is. That's a, just a really simple thing that I can offer. Um, I had an experience. I went to a barbershop yesterday and I got ladied like three times. This lady and this lady's haircut. Blah, blah, and I'm not a, like, I've never been a lady, let's be real. Um, but, <laughs> um, but, like, I really, I wanted to go to a barbershop to have a kind of gender euphoric kind of experience, I guess. And at the time, I'm just beating myself up about it, going, oh, I should have worn a pronoun pin. Oh, I should have said something. But for the onus to always be on the person who um, who is trans or non-binary or gender fluid it's a pretty tricky way to live your life. Like, it makes it hard to leave the house sometimes. So I really just I invite people to, when they're meeting someone, to say, oh, hi, my name's Joe, my pronouns are he, him, or whatever it is, um, and normalise that because it makes life so much easier for us, so much more comfortable. Yeah, it's just that small thing that people can do. That's such, like you said, it's just such a simple thing. And I think it's, again, it's just normalizing those kinds of things and getting used to it. I am seeing more of that popping up in, you know, people's email signatures and things like that. And I think we just need to kind of continue to broaden that as well. But that would just make it so much easier for all and sundry that just want to get out and live their lives. So everyone at home, I hope you take note of that. It's such a simple thing that you can do that can make the world of difference to somebody in there mental, emotional and physical well-being as they move through their day and their life. Welcome back to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM on your dial. My name is Flick Manning and today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Jasper Peach, a trans, non-binary and disabled writer and parent and the author of a beautiful book that's just come out, You'll Be a Wonderful Parent, which is a book about rainbow families. So Jasper, we're almost burned through our time together as I kind of knew that we would, but I've got another question to throw at you before we wrap things up. We've obviously touched on trans and non-binary gender fluid humans and how they've been discriminated against and the extra pressure that is applied to rainbow families. Now, as somebody obviously living that life, you know, that has children themselves, how do you approach these kinds of subjects with your children to prepare them for the world that they are living in? Mm, that's a great question. Um, well, my kids are pretty little. They're three and six um, and I guess, look, I had a, I had a really interesting discussion in the parents WhatsApp group for my kids prep class where, what was it? It was, um, Harmony Day was coming up 
and I just said in the WhatsApp group, um, is anyone having discussions with their kids about that Harmony Day is kind of a whitewashing um, <laughs> exercise and that not everything is happy la-las? And I I listened very deeply and openly to um, the people of colour in that conversation because, you know, I don't know what it is to be a person of colour in this world. Um, and they said, look, our kids are so little, I don't want to say, hey, racism is everywhere, be careful, watch out, people will not like you um, because of how you look and the colour of your skin. I'm not going to say that to my child because that's not on their radar. Um, and I've, I found that really, I don't know, like really interesting. I just thought, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Thank you. And um, I don't know if we've approached it in the same way, but I guess we try and I'm speaking about my wife and I, we try and um, build up our kids. We try and bolster them so that no matter where they are, they will know that they belong. Um, we tell they love rainbows, so and that's without any prompting from us. They go, wow, look, a rainbow flag. We go, hey, that means that our family is so welcome in that space. Isn't that beautiful? That's kind of where we leave it. Um, and we talk about... Um, all families are different. Some families have one parent. Some families have four parents. Some kids have two houses. Some kids have two mums. Um, and just sort of include our experience in their broader experience. And when we come across another family like ours, we go, oh, hey, this person's got two mums too. That's cool, isn't it? Um, and you might have noticed that I go by mum even though I'm non-binary and trans, um, and that's a very individual thing. Um, I transitioned after my children started calling me mum, but I don't see any reason to change it. It's just a word, you know, and it means what it means to them, which is I am the person that is safe and who loves them and will go to the ends of the earth to make their life as beautiful as possible. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful way of putting it and, and such a lovely sentiment as well, just creating that safe environment for them to get those positive associations with all the different kinds of families and to know that love is at the basis of all of it, which is just absolutely fantastic. And I think that's really a great summary of all of the work that you do, Jasper, all the things that I've certainly come across is that love is at the root of so much of what you offer into the world. So. Thank you very much for joining us on the show today and talking about, you know, your full lived experience, but as well as your beautiful book. Obviously, that's another reflection of the love that you're putting out in the world. I greatly appreciate your time and the work that you do. So thanks for being with us. Thanks so much, Fleek. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, I, of course, encourage everyone listening to grab a copy of Jasper's book, whether you're in the rainbow community or not. It's a fantastic tool to open up conversation, to educate and to continue to promote the full diversity and spectrum of the lived experience of human beings. And you can grab a copy at Booktopia or your favourite independent bookstore. And you can also catch Jasper on Instagram and Twitter as well. Remember that we will be back the same time and place next Wednesday for Brainwaves. And you can also listen to the replays of all of our shows on the 3SOUR podcast page or Spotify. And as I sign off today, I, of course, want to thank you for tuning in, but also want to remind you that your mental health is of equal importance to your physical health. So if you are yet to align the two in harmony today, 
I encourage you now to take a nice big inhale, a nice deep exhale, and allow yourself to shower yourself in the kindness that you so easily give to those around you. I look forward to chatting to you next time on Brainwaves. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.